Buckle up that chin strap. It's time for college football across the South. The Southern Blitz is here with your co-hosts, Jordan Wallace and Drew Adair. Well, we are back with the Southern Blitz, and we are now, after this upcoming weekend, going to be about halfway through the season. It's sad, Drew. I, I, I'm almost scared that it's going to end, aren't you? Me too. Me too. And, uh, you know, I still feel, honestly, like we know as much as we did when we began this thing. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's uh, you know, we, we, have, we have teams that show us promise, and then we, the team shows us no promise, and – Every week is up and down, man. So here we are, buddy. But yeah, it goes by hey. too, too fast, and uh, I hate that. I do. Well, don't I don't do. worry because this week we're going to find out who the contenders and the pretenders are. Drew, there is separation a lot of Saturday. Oh yeah, separation Saturday indeed. So we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to start by running through our our pick'em update. Then we'll recap a little bit of the OU Texas games from last week before we bring in on some interviewees with uh, a couple big Texas and Oklahoma guys. Then we are going to recap all of last week's games before we preview the upcoming games, and then we'll do my big three bets at the end. So, Drew, I guess we shall start with an update. You know, so you Texas week or Texas OU week, depending on which side you're on. Um, one of our Texas pickers, Roger, is in the top spot all by himself on the pick after two weeks. Drew, he is 13-1. and one. That man should have gone to Vegas with those picks. Impressive. We we gotta we gotta get this guy uh, doing the big the, the big three bets, man. Maybe we need to kick no you kidding. out, Jordan. God, trust you know, me. I, after after this week, you probably should. So, uh, but we've got a lot of people in the pick'em that are grouped in that kind of eight and six record area. So if that's where you are, you are right in the middle. Um, it's gonna be a gonna be a good fight. And again, this is week three of the second round. So we have one more week after this one. You better put yourself in good position so you're not having to make up ground in the final week to, to make it into that top 16. So, no doubt. with that being said, here are the picks for this week. First one, of course, is Oklahoma versus Texas. We have LSU versus Missouri. Alabama versus A&M. Kentucky versus Georgia. Texas Tech versus Baylor. Central Michigan versus Buffalo. And Washington State versus UCLA. So we've got we've got a pretty good variety in there, Drew. Um, I love giving you like the Central Michigan versus Buffalo, so you get the one point favor favorite against the home team. Um, and that that Texas Tech Baylor game is a tough one to pick as well. Yeah, yeah, very tough. And, and yeah, you know, at this point, we got to test the uh, test the knowledge, test the college football knowledge. You know, how much do you know about a certain team? How much research have you done? And there's a lot of tight lines this week as there should be uh, in this week of college football. So, hey, it's, it's going to be exciting. So, again, separation Saturday on the field, separation Saturday in the pick'em as well. Yeah. So, well, before we uh, talk about separation Saturday in the, in the Big 12 with OU in Texas, we need to talk about the, uh, the Sooners and Longhorns and how they fared in this week's games. So, Drew, which one do you want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, the ranked matchup with Texas-Kansas or Oklahoma-Iowa State? Yeah, let's let's jump into that uh, Texas Kansas matchup, if we can call it that, Jordan. I, I don't know. Do we call it a matchup? Do we call it a, a beatdown? I mean, what what do we, what yeah, do we I'm refer a, to this as? All right, I, I'm a little miffed at this game. 
because I, I had it as my big three bets. I liked Kansas plus 17. I didn't think they'd keep it, keep it overly close, but I thought they could keep it within 17 points. Now, that was before I found out that Jalen Daniels was going to be a late scratch, and we get Jason Bean, and that was all she wrote. Um, you know, credit, even with Jason Bean, I mean, Kansas has a very, very good backup quarterback, um, but you don't ever want to roll with your backup against, against the University of Texas. And it didn't go well, Drew. I mean, Texas outgained them 661 yards to 260, and Kansas was 0 for 8 on third down. That, you could tell me nothing more than those stats, and I'm going to tell you you got blown out. Yeah, that's brutal. And, I mean, time of possession, man, almost 40 minutes for Texas versus 20 minutes for Kansas. I mean, just an insane disparity. And, you know, one thing I do hate, the Jalen Daniels did not play. Seems like the poor guy can't stay healthy uh, to save his life, honestly. But I do think we need to focus on how good, you know, Texas played, specifically uh, Jonathan Brooks. I mean, he, he had a heck of a game, uh, 218 yards, two touchdowns. Quinn Ewers had a good game as well. Uh, you know, so A.D. Mitchell played great. I mean, Texas really coming into this OU game, really strong performance on offense, proving that that they're they're hard to beat. And, you know, without jumping into OU quite yet, I saw a, um, a power ranking, uh, you know, basically an opinion-based deal of the SEC – uh, yesterday and man, I mean, OU and Texas, you know, are really are. I mean, they're they're in the top three of really what the SEC would be if they were in the SEC today. They would be within the top three or four of the conference today. So you know, hey, listen, may, maybe maybe I'm changing my opinion about how these uh, Sooners and Longhorns are going to do once they step into the uh, into the mighty SEC because man, it's been impressive to start off. Wow, you just you just folded hey, like a cheap towel. Compliment. Hey, I've been known to be swayed. Okay, I can be, <laughs> I can be swayed. I can be swayed. Okay, all right. So, hey, just save that sound bit for me, and uh, we'll keep it for later. Keep it for later. You know, and and like you said, I, I was a little disappointed that Jalen Daniels couldn't go, mainly because I want to see what Kansas looks like against a real team. You know, an, an elite level team. Can they can they actually compete with somebody like that? And you know, we didn't get to see him full strength, so who knows. Um, but that, that's what disappointed me. But, again, Jalen Daniels was not going to play on the run defense for Kansas. I mean, they gave up 218 yards to Jonathan Brooks. So, I don't, I don't know what you do other than, you know, score as much as you can if you're Kansas because that, that defense was not going to get a stop. Right. I agree. So, we'll move into OU Iowa State. The uh, fun stat for you, Drew, since you like these stats – it is the most lopsided winning percentage of one Power 5 team against another with at least 50 games played. Oklahoma is 80-7-2 to to against Iowa State all-time now. That's a, it's a, it's a fitting way to finish out their, uh, their series with the, with the Cyclones. Very much so. Very much so. Um, but again, it, this, was, this was an interesting game for a little bit because this was 21-20. Um, Iowa State scored to – basically get it I can't remember what the scoring actually was but it was 21 20 very early in the second quarter um and, and OU looked like their defense for for the for a change was very susceptible especially to the the pass over the middle they had a couple of really big whiffs from their safeties and Iowa State gave them a quick run um that was that was kind of all she wrote though because after that OU scored 29 straight and goes on to win 50 to 20 but you know maybe if you 
few more cracks. Uh, and, and Drew and I kind of joked about it. I was like, well, to some degree, this is probably a little bit more comfortable for OU. They were, they were a little uneasy with all the defensive success, so they needed a little something that felt like home. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I guess you could say they struggled early on, slow to get going. I, I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I really don't care either because they came on quick and uh, they had a heck of a game. Dylan Gabriel – showed some major flash in this game, 366, three touchdowns, one interception. He was very, very good. Um, I don't know. I, I love to see it. I mean, Iowa State, Rocco Beck is not a guy to uh, slight at all. I mean, he's playing as hard. He didn't have a great game. but uh, No, but no. He, he started well, and I was, I was sure. surprisingly impressed with the way he throws the ball. I think he could, down the line, be a very, very effective quarterback for Iowa State. So – We'll see. I, I, you know, their backs are kind of against the wall right now, and obviously Rocco Beck was kind of thrown into this starting role this season. But, you know, down the line, maybe maybe this team actually becomes somewhat competitive because they've got a good defense, you know, outside the fact they just gave up 50, obviously. Um, but typically that, that's, that was the number one team in the – number one defense in the Big 12 going into this game. So yeah. they, they've got some pieces, and they can – I think they're going to be a little bit better than they than we thought they were a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they they're still fighting, and that's and that in itself is impressive at this point with everything they've been through. Uh, which is, hey, more than could be said for some other teams that are uh, hanging around right now. No, well, we will get to those teams, Drew. <laughs> yes, so, we will. Um, all right, we don't we don't want to talk too much on OU and Texas yet because we're going to let these guys coming on do the talking for us. <laughs> All right, coming on with us now, we have Blinken Riley, one of the big OU Twitter accounts, and then Kyle Umlong for the second time on the show for Texas. Uh, we got we got these guys on here to help preview the big game this weekend. You know, if you haven't checked them out already, they both have huge Twitter followings, and there's a reason for it. They have their own podcast uh, called Statistically Speaking, where I think what you guys have told me, you focus on a little more on the analytics and statistics side of things. So make sure you go check them out. They're on Twitter, like I said, um, and give them a listen too. So fellas, first thing we got to, we have to discuss, what is the name of the game this weekend? Is this OU Texas? Is this Texas OU weekend? What is it? I, this is OU I grew up, yeah, I grew up calling it Texas. I grew up calling it Texas OU, but uh, to keep track of like, which game and which year I'm talking about. I always just do away hashtag away team versus home team. So this year it's hashtag OU versus Texas. Last year it was hashtag Texas versus OU. So, Oh, okay. Uh, no, one, no one really truly knows what it's called, but. Well, the, the game's already changed names, but it, I think we can all <laughs> agree. It, it is still the red river shootout, correct? Well, yes. Yeah, shootout is, yeah. is everyone's favorite. Um, so yeah, one day it might get back to that. We'll see. Well, I mean, I'm glad they changed the name. I mean, God knows how many lives we've saved from violence by changing the name of that football game. So, exactly, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's start with a couple of the key concerns for both teams going into this one. Big, big injuries both sides. Blinken, let's let's start with you. Um, Danny Stutzman went out of the game last week against Iowa State. Looked like a shoulder issue of some sort. Any any word or or talk about what's going on there? Uh, so, you know, the, the, the only thing we know is what uh, Coach Venables has said, and he was 
pretty succinct uh, when he said he's fine, <laughs> and <laughs> okay. which is which is a uh, you know if you know I don't know if you ever listened to a Brent Venables uh, press conference, um, he can go, he can go on for a while. Uh, yeah, I think he he's been known to give nine ten minute answers uh, to seemingly innocuous questions. Um, so maybe it's reading something into it. Maybe it's reading too much into it that his only answer was basically he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know for we're as a, you know, as, um, Oh, you faithful, we are operating under the, um, <laughs> under the, um, assumption that Danny Stutzman will be Danny Stutzman, uh, come Saturday. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. His, I don't know. It looked like a dislocated shoulder or a stinger or something. It didn't, it didn't look pleasant, but that's good to hear. Um, well, his I, counterpart uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, um, his counterpart, Jaron Kanick, left the game um, coughing up blood, um, and he was fine the next week. So, you know, yeah. I don't, maybe it's maybe it's just Prop, uh, something in the water. Or, doctors. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something going on. Maybe they're just gluttons for punishment, but Apparently. Uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're operating under the, the assumption he's good to go. Okay. Kyle, uh, Jatavian Sanders, huge weapon to lose. Any, yeah. any word on his ankle? Uh, there's no significant damage. He's day to day. I don't know. It's, it's anyone's guess if he'll be ready for the game or he might be ready, but they might not, you know, want him to yeah. mess with it, but we'll just, we'll just see if he suits up. That means he's as close to 100 as you can get, so I think he'll be a great weapon. And if he's not, then it's probably, it's probably for the best if he doesn't play. Okay. So. so either way, not a long-term yeah. injury, but right. might be still swollen and sore enough he's not yeah. able to go. I would love for him to play, uh, but, you know, he might not, so we'll see. Okay. All right, Kyle. Uh, you're you're going to hate this question, but tell me why OU wins this game. OU wins this game – if Texas comes out of the locker room just hungover, not prepared, uh, and and no adjustments are made at halftime, you know uh, they are a fast scoring offense. Um, from the from the games that we've had already this season, the first half is usually pretty neck and neck with every team we've played, and then we've made significant adjustments. Uh, the defense has just gassed out um, or our offense has gassed out the other, the other team's defense. And so we, we, we gradually start pulling ahead in the second half. So I don't see anything different happening this time. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's close in the first half and we just kind of run away with it slowly in the second half with running plays. Uh, so, you know, they, they Oklahoma wins if Texas cannot make adjustments and blows big plays because okay. I'm gonna That's, predict. I'm gonna predict OU's first, first offensive possession. They they will they will score. Okay, I mean because Texas Texas has shown some. I don't know. They've let some teams hang around and then they put them away in the fourth, like yeah. you know Wyoming or Kansas, but where right. they they really blew those games open late. But late in the third quarter, both those games were tight. Yeah. So, all right, Blinken, same thing, but reverse it. Why does Texas win this game? So. Texas wins this game if um, Oklahoma's offense does what they've done all through last year and 
uh, once or twice this season. Um, the offense under Jeff Levy has a tendency to sometimes just disappear for a quarter. Um, I can think back uh, to several games last year, um, the Cincinnati game this year. Um, there, there are spurts like in the middle of the game where if the offense just doesn't click. It doesn't, it's not aggressive. They're not, uh, you know, they're not all, all on the same page almost. I don't know. There, there's something that's happening and it happens every once in a while um, where for a quarter or more, the offense will just ghost. And I think if that happens, then Oklahoma's in trouble. Um, also, last week, um, Oklahoma, 14 of Iowa State's uh, 20 points came on came on two 30-plus yard, um, absolutely horrible blown coverages, 30-plus uh, yard touchdowns. So um, with Quinn Ewer's um, history with, you know, going downfield and, you know, some of the inconsistencies that he's maybe had there, uh, we can't be doing that. Uh, Oklahoma can't be blowing coverages where you're 13, 15 yards out of position. Um, and so mm-hmm. can't, can't give a, you know, big play 40 yard touchdown just out of nowhere. Um, so those are the two things that I'm kind of most worried about. And if those happen, I think that is definitely a recipe for a Texas win. Okay. You know, it, it, this, this next question's kind of a, uh... I don't know. It's lost and luster because one of the big key matchups that I expected in this game was what OU does to match up with Jatavian Sanders. And now we don't even know if he's going to be there, but I'll let you both give me kind of a key matchup and it doesn't have to be necessarily an individual and individual can be, you know, a Jatavian Sanders versus the OU safeties or, or whatever, but give me one key matchup for the game that you think is going to be possibly a, something that will swing the tide. Kyle, we'll start with you. Um, I'm going to say Jonathan Brooks for Texas's offense. Um, he has been – I think right now he's on pace to have a better season than Bijan had last year. He has just been a monster the last two games, had his first 200-yard game last week. Um, he's been he's been a big – a big part of, of Sark's wearing down the opposing team's defense strategy and gassing them out. So I, I think he is, if he can, if he can play as well as he's been playing, I really think that will be a severe advantage for Texas, keeping that, keeping that defense on the field as long as possible, uh, keeping ours off. So I, I think he will be the key for Texas. Okay. Lincoln, what do you have? So I think I think it comes down. I think the the key matchup I would watch is um, whoever is ends up playing. I'm not sure that Justin Harrington is going to be back playing the cheetah position, kind of Brent Venables, um, kind of special um, pseudo linebacker, pseudo safety uh, position. I think it's going to come down to whoever's playing that position, not getting lost in um, the schemes that. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian is going to throw at him, um, not getting caught out of position, whether that's, you know, Billy Bowman or um, Woody Washington, 
maybe Desan McCullough, whoever ends up. Reggie Pearson has had issues um, being out of position. Um, whoever it is that ends up in that position, um, especially, um, I think is is key. You know, versus those downfield uh, schemes. Gotcha. Yeah, I think you know from watching these two teams so far this season, Texas has showed a better ability to run the ball. That's why I think that's kind of one of the big keys to the game. However, I mean, OU's run defense has been very, very stout. So, you know, that to me, that's kind of the spot where you you look to see how this game is going to go. Because if Texas can run the ball, I, I don't see OU able to to hang with them. Um, that being said, I'll, I'm going to hold off on my my prediction until we until we get Drew back on. But I'll let you guys kind of give us yours breakdown. I want a score prediction. I want a little blurb about why which team wins and. Now let's hear what your thoughts are on that. Start with Kyle. Sure. Um, like I said, I think OU comes off, comes out of the gates, firing all cylinders on offense. Um, first first possession, I they will score. I don't know if it's a field goal or, or a touchdown, but second possession or third possession, probably same thing. Uh, that will be limited in the second half. I'm hoping only field goals are allowed in the second half uh, for the defense, just based on the adjustments we make at halftime. Defense has been playing lights out second half. Um, I'm going to have Jonathan Brooks with a couple rushing touchdowns, Quinn with the rushing touchdown, uh, and then A.D. Mitchell slash Xavier Worthy with a, a t- touchdown or so. So I'm, I'm going to say 35-20 Texas. And like I said, first half will be close. Second half, not so much. Okay. Lincoln? So I'm going to go – I think this game is gonna is gonna be Oklahoma by 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 a bit. I'm gonna say 31-27. I think this is gonna be one of the for both defenses probably the higher highest scoring game they're going to have uh, been a part of um, for both sides. Um, and I think that Oklahoma's offense hopefully will stay consistent. Um, it, to your point about the run game, Texas run game versus um, the Oklahoma defensive, you know, run stopping. I think Danny Stutzman has like twelve tackles. I think he's going to be all over if if he's if he's as good to go as as we're, you know, choosing to believe. Uh, I think he's going to be all over the field. He's going to be playing fast, and um, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be higher scoring than probably both defensive coordinators would want. Um, but uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma uh, by about six. Okay. Well, so guys, we've, we've got a primarily SEC listening base. We've got Big 12 as well, but a lot of it's SEC. Um, they are not, I don't know, say custom. They're not as familiar with this rivalry as others. Would you consider this to be the greatest rivalry in college football? Um, you know, I, if I, if I followed Ohio State and Michigan longer than I started to, which was not until like late 2000s, mm-hmm. then I would, then I would say, um, yes, but I, I know, I know that's a great one. I, 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 it's somewhere in the top two, I know at, at least, but I, I, I can't speak for, for the Ohio State, Michigan. I know I've worked with some, uh, some fans of both teams and the, the, the levels of absurdity they go to during game week 
Freaking right. Ohio, Ohio State people won't use the letter well, M. <laughs> yeah. My boss would send out emails and he would have an X in his professional emails when there was an M. And I'm like, that's that's a whole new level. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would I would say uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas OU. The, the one one of those is the top in the country. I mean, uh, uh, Iron Bowl nowhere near. Um, you know, Florida, well, I think Georgia. The- not not really close. No, not close. And I yeah. think the big thing with Texas OU is it's played in the middle of the state fair of Texas right. on the fairground yeah. in a neutral site where half the stadium is burnt orange, the other half is crimson. I, I just I don't think you can replicate it. I know Ohio yeah. State Michigan's a huge game, but it's not a neutral site. I just yeah. think the neutral site makes that such a just a special event for both teams. Yeah, I think it has it has all you know all the animosity that you would want in a college football uh, rivalry. But you know, like you said, this the uniqueness of being in Dallas. Uh, you know, Norman, Oklahoma, and and uh, it, from Dallas is seven miles closer than Austin to Dallas. Right. It's like almost it perfectly equidistant. Um, and, you know, like you said, it's in the middle of the state fair and the Codbow holds 100,000 people. But there's at least 250,000 people there, all, all in either orange and red. And it's it's an absolute like sight to just be walking around that fair uh, before the game. It's uh, and, you know, after the game, I mean, there's a reason why <laughs> this game is always played at 11 o'clock is yeah. because. Like there's literally not uh, not enough manpower to you know, <laughs> effectively basically, police what happens after this game. Basically, the fan bases cannot be trusted to have more time to drink before. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you get an Ole Miss LSU type of game. So <laughs> yeah, like, uh, uh, like Blinken was saying, like yeah, if if you, if you were on the very tip top, like nosebleed seat of the Cotton Bowl. And you looked over the wall, you would just see a sea of red and and orange yeah. out there, and it's it's like all around the stadium the entire time that you hear cheers from outside the stadium too. It is it's nuts, and like like you have to like start walking to your seat like an hour before the game because the walk to your seat is just you're just shoulder to shoulder with like a sooner to your right, a sooner to your left, a Longhorn in front of you, sooner behind. Like it, it's just all mixed in. There's no home field advantage. It is awesome. It yeah. is. It is a great atmosphere. Well, I think both schools, and especially with Texas's win over Alabama, are proving you know that neither one of them is going to have any trouble once they get to the SEC. Not to right. say that there it won't be a tougher challenge, but these you know lower tier SEC teams thinking thinking OU and Texas are going to come into the conference and just be right there at the bottom of them are going to be very very disappointed once it actually <laughs> happens. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Well, I, I really appreciate y'all coming on the pod. Um, good luck to, to both of you this weekend. And uh, but I guess may the best man win. All right, Drew. So we uh, we have their picks. What is uh, what's your pick on the game? And give us, you know, your little your little spiel on what you expect. Dominant, my my, you got, you got what you got to demean me on my my little spiel. About, uh, <laughs> Your big about these, spiel. You trying to act like I don't know anything about these teams, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, 
primetime SEC matchup here uh, at noon. Excited hey, Greg, to think see he's going to be there, so. Uh, as he should be. Um, you know, what I will say about this game, um, I, I don't think that this game is for a playoff spot necessarily. Um, as crazy as this is, I actually don't think that it matters who wins this game. Um, I can tell I you think, there are going to be a lot of people to disagree with that with well, that thought. Well, I actually think that you know, when, you know, if they meet a second time at eleven and one, and twelve and zero, that's for the the playoff spot. So I, you know, I, I think it's a huge game. Obviously, maybe not as big as everybody's making it out to be. It's going to be a slugfest. Uh, but I think a loss for either one of them uh, is not the end of the world. And so uh, anyway, that's what I'll say about it. At the end of the day. Uh, really tough to choose this one. I do think it's going to be close, unlike some of our other uh, games here in the past. Shall we? Shall we not speak of that, Oklahoma? Um, but uh, I'm I'm going to take the Longhorns at a close one. I'm sorry, Jordan. Don't uh, don't don't cry too much on the other end over there. Uh, give me give me the, the Shorthorns in a uh, in, in a tight one, maybe a, a touchdown type game. I think both defenses will play well. But uh, I just think that Texas has got a, a, just a couple couple more guys at skill positions that scare me than uh, that OU does. So, hey, but, hey, I don't know anything about these teams. I'm just an SEC homer. So, take it for <laughs> what it is. Take now, it that part I definitely is. agree with. Um, <laughs> you know, looking at this game, I think a couple of the big things that you look at is who can run the ball. And I think through the last couple of weeks, and it's not so much early, but Texas has shown they can run the ball. OU has not shown it yet. You know, they can – they, I'm not. I'm not knocking the offense. They've got a good offense, but they haven't been able to run the ball with a whole lot of success yet. And I don't. I don't see Texas being the game where you're like, oh, now we figured out the running game. And that's a right. that is a stout defensive line to get it done against. Um, one good thing for Oklahoma is Texas is better on the edge. You know, their edge rushers are better than their interior D line, and that's where OU is better is is with their tackles. So I, I think that'll help them on, in the passing game, but. Running game's tough, and and I think a big thing that people aren't going to look at as much is, man, Oklahoma right now is not good in the special teams. Their kicker is iffy. Their punting game is poor. Um, those those things are the little things that don't matter as much when you're playing Cincinnati and Iowa State sure. and Arkansas State. When you're playing a big-time opponent, those little things really can come back to bite you in the butt. So yeah. that being said, I'm going to take Texas. Uh, by a touchdown, probably 34-27 kind of game. Um, you know, I, this one could go either way, but that's that's the way I see it. I think I think what you said was perfect, Drew. I think Texas has more dynamic playmakers, especially at the receiver position. Um, it's just going to be a lot for the Oklahoma defense to handle and still be able to stop the running game. So, yep. But I will that, say this: maybe maybe the X factor is Quinn Ewers. Uh, you know, we, we, he's been good, but will we get the most effective and efficient Quinn Ewers? I, I do think we will. Uh, but same could be said for, for Dylan Gabriel as well. You know, can he play on uh, this big of a stage the way he's been playing? We'll, we'll find out. But one thing I do know is it's going to be a, a great matchup, way better than what it's been in the past couple of years. So uh, good stuff, really good stuff. Yep. All right. Next one, Drew, I'm, I'm going to let you pick again. You want to talk about the back-and-forth shootout in the SEC 
or the Miracle Rally in the Big 12 first? Oh man, I tell you, let's yeah. just we'll, we'll save it. Let's let's keep the let's keep the the Big 12 flavor flowing right. All right, now. let's let's, let's go Miracle Rally. So for those that missed it. UCF led Baylor 35-7 to with less than four minutes to go in the third quarter. And Baylor came all the way back. And so before we get into the, the how, I, one thing I wanted to say, Drew, I'm watching this game. You know, it's on one of the side TVs. That, for those that don't know, I have three TVs mounted on the wall so that I can, I can watch as much as I possibly can of college football. Um, depending on the games on, sometimes I'll have the iPad with a fourth game on as well. But – Right before the half, Drew, UCF misses a field goal, and they're up 28-7 to at this point. And Aranda's – Dave Aranda is just pumped up and yelling and getting excited. I'm kind of like, man, that kind of feels, you know, fake, insincere. It's like, oh, you're trying to pump up your team. You're down three touchdowns in the first half, and you've looked awful. Um, but credit Baylor. I mean, they, did, they just didn't give up, Drew. And they come no. all the way back and win it 36-35. And – you know, that's despite the play of Timmy McLean late where, you know, we tweeted it out. If y'all haven't seen it, you need to go see it. It is the most exciting fourth and five conversion I think I've ever seen. Drew, you, you saw that play, correct? Yes, I did. And you know what the odds were of them getting two converted in a row were in that no. moment? Six percent. I mean, that's how un- that's how rare this whole thing was. I mean, it, it was – if you watch this, like, I hope you realized – how crazy this comeback was. I mean, it was historic what Baylor did. I mean, it, it truly was crazy. I mean, it was And then despite all that, believable. Timmy McLean comes and, and converts the fourth and five. Yeah. Gets yeah. UCF into semi-field goal range. I mean, it was a 59-yarder, but they've got a great kicker. So UCF could have still squeaked it out, and, and the, the kick just came up just short. Um, so Baylor holds on to win. But, I mean, what an exciting finish. And, man – how much did Baylor need this game, Drew? Yeah, I mean, big time. And, and the Blake Chapin effect. I mean, he brings toughness. He brings leadership. He brings a lot of things that they haven't had. But I will say this. We need to give Timmy McClain some credit because he played his freaking heart out. And uh, really what he did was was special, and uh, especially with Plumlee out, that kind of thing. I mean, he's he's a big-time talent as well. But, yeah, the Chapin effect. I mean, Blake Chapin, did he play just unbelievable? No, not necessarily. But – he brought leadership at the end of the game that they so badly uh, needed. And uh, they made the big plays, man. You could tell how much it meant. I mean, it, we'll see what yeah. happens next. But, man, it could turn the whole season around. Well, so before we jump into the SEC shootout, I want to I wanna run through a couple more games on the Big 12 side to, to illustrate a point I'm going to make. Um, so, real quick, Texas Tech, Houston. Tech finally looks like they should have all season, in my opinion. They went at 49-28. Offense finally looks good. Um, you know, despite former Texas Tech quarterback Donovan Smith having a huge game, he threw for 336 and four touchdowns. But Tech gets it done, and, and they do it on the ground again. I mean, Valdez and Brooks, both over 100 yards rushing. Baron Morton comes in, and they, they use him more as a game manager. He only had 161 yards passing, but they they moved the ball better on offense. Um and so yet another one of the new Big 12 teams goes down, Drew, which, again, is, is the point I'm going to make. The, the new Big 12 teams, the four new teams, are now 0-6 against the regular Big 12 teams, I guess you call them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there was one win for the new team, but it was BYU over Cincinnati, so you're beating another one of the new teams. 
So right. we're still right. looking for that first win of a new team over, over an existing Big 12 team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will say this. I mean, about Texas Tech, read this stat today and I texted it to you. Ten teams have, have lost three games this season in which they held a lead. Uh, Texas Tech is on that list. So, I, you know, I, there's only there's only like ten teams. Yeah, ten teams yeah. total. I mean, I, Texas I Tech. I Arkansas in there as well. Right, yeah, yeah. Hey, I wasn't going to leave us out. Okay. We're, we're <laughs> well, along with prestigious institutions like Western Michigan and, and uh, <laughs> Virginia and Akron. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, Texas Tech, are they for real? We can't tell after this game. It's a game they should have won. Good for them. Uh, but, man, give me – you know, hey, and next week, big big week, right? They play Baylor, so that'll be that'll oh, yeah. be a good, nice test. With with one of them has to win, Bill. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, no doubt. That's a, I mean, that's a that's a huge game because one huge. of those teams is going to be able to get their season right to some degree. Correct. So that's right. Um, before we just gloss over it, Friday night game, BYU 35-27. nice home win over Cincinnati. Um, both quarterbacks played pretty well in this one. Emory Jones threw for two fifty six and three touchdowns. Slovis two twenty three and two touchdowns. Um, you know, nice, nice little competitive game. It was nice to have a little Friday night lights. So yeah, yeah, I did. I stayed up for this. Uh, good game, man. Like you said, Keaton played good. BYU. I mean, four and one. Saying, you know, I mean, uh, four and one is four and one. So a lot of teams yeah. would kill to be four and one right now. Oh, and, yeah. uh, again, the environment was pretty ripe. Like we talked about last week, it was good. Uh, BYU is, has done a lot more than I think you or or me expected them to do to this, to this point. So, hey, hey, we'll take Agreed. it for the, for the uh, Cougars. Now, now, that being said, they've not beat an existing Big 12 team yet. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. We, we got to get to it, though. LSU Ole Miss, 1,343 total yards, Drew. Record. Record, right? Am I wrong? Goodness. Yeah, I think that was an, an SEC record, I believe, Yeah, for, so, for total yards. I think one of the big plays early is obviously the Jane Daniels fumble. And I need you to explain to me, Drew, why won't this man slide? I, <laughs> I just got – how many big hits have we seen yeah. him take? Especially, you know, Florida State and then again against um, Arkansas, I think. He just keeps – jumping into the air and getting leveled for whatever he's not. Why has he not learned? He's, Cause he's not a thick guy. I mean, he is, he's got a slender frame and he needs to learn to slide, but he got absolutely demolished on that play by an Ole Miss defender and, you know, turn the ball over and Ole Miss goes down and goes up 14, nothing. I mean, they, they could have easily lost this game very early against the rebels. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It just, the only explanation would be he's, he's a, a competitor, and he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he's what he is, and he played he played great. But man, Ole Miss just played, you know, a little bit better. And but you know, LSU. Um, I think the biggest thing takeaway for LSU from this game is, man, they have gigantic issues in the secondary. I mean, absolutely yeah. torched. By well, we talked about it last week. We did, but I mean, they're even bigger now. I mean, teams are really taking advantage of them at this point. And so their strengths on the front end, on the D-line and linebacker level, are being completely overshadowed by their lack of, of uh, depth and, and strength at, at the secondary position. So it's it's ugly. It's got to get better. Um, but, man, I mean, look, LSU was winning by, what was it, nine with like seven minutes yeah. to go in the fourth? I mean, I mean, Ole Miss made a, a blistering uh, comeback here in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, it was 49-40. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, LSU had this one won. 
And so you just – there's a lot of things that if you're LSU, you say, man, how did we lose that game? But uh, Jane Daniels, I mean, he he played really, really well. I mean, we, we don't need to take away from that. We need to give him the credit. No, he, he still he threw for 414 yards and four touchdowns. So – Yes, yeah, yeah. And I mean uh, – That's not bad. No, and I mean the stat line for – you know, his his top skill position guys was, was just unreal. I mean, Brian Thomas, again, had oh, a, uh, true. Had I, can't, a I can't leave off that Jaden Daniels also had 99 yards rushing and a touchdown yeah. there as well. So, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, mean unbelievable. Over 500 yards total, that's a massive day. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I go down this stat line and tell you, okay, LSU scores on seven drives, Logan Diggs has over 100 yards, you know, Jaden Daniels has darn near, like you said, 100 yards. Brian Thomas is over 100. Balik Neighbors over 100. Yeah. I mean, you, you sit there and you say, hey, no doubt, LSU wins that. But the problem is their uh, defense Jackson is horrendous. Dar- they're horrible. Yeah, Jackson Dart. And they got the X factor going that we've been talking about, Jordan. Quinshawn finally got going on well, Saturday. Well, they fed him the ball. 33 carries in this yes. one. Yes, so. they fed him the ball. They fed him the ball. No doubt. Yeah. Here's a fun stat for you, Drew. Ole Miss, or sorry, LSU gave up more points in this in this one game than Oklahoma's given up on defense all season. Yeah. So that yeah. uh, that tells you how bad that defense was for LSU today. I mean, or on Saturday. And that's and you, and you're talking about LSU, Drew, a, a school that is known. I mean, this is basically known as DBU. They are known for their defense, and that I don't know somebody's getting fired pretty quick if this doesn't switch. Yeah, it's uh, it's shocking. It, it is. I mean, Florida State, I mean, Arkansas took them pretty good, too, and now Ole Miss. So, um, but, you know, a guy that you mentioned today, Jordan, that I was super impressed by, man, it was good to have Trey Harris in the fold, making yeah. plays, uh, game-winning play, you know, there at the end. Just a just a really good performance. And, uh, you know, I just, I just wish that the uh, – Ole Miss fans could match the uh, the excellence of Here their players. Are. You know, I just I just wish they could, but they just uh, well, you know, how, how do we how do we be nice about this, Jordan? How, I, how do we talk about this civilly? How do we there talk are about this? there are too many videos of Ole Miss fans after this game just doing things that it's like, wow, and you know, <laughs> you know, it kind of brings me back to one one particular saying, Drew. You've heard. Act like you've been there before. Mm. Mm. Well, this was this mm. was like a monkey at the opera. I, I, this monkey has not been to the opera before because that yeah. was yeah. I mean, there was just some stuff from the Ole Miss fans that was ridiculous. I, I mean, I think the main thing that well, I mean, shoot, they they tore up the canopy that hangs over where the players yep. come out in the tunnel. That that got torn down and almost fell on a bunch of people, which could have been a whole nother issue. Um, you had the guy doing a flip off of the goalpost, who I, I hope wasn't was severely intoxicated. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe not. I don't know. And then the worst of the bunch, you got this kid yelling, running shirtless, running across the field, yelling and yelling the f word at an LSU player, and just runs into him, and and says f you right to the guy's face. And so the LSU player pushes him down as he should. Personally, I would have liked to see him stomp on the guy's face a little bit, but that's, you know, that's just me. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that the LSU players pulled back and they're, they're trying to get him out of there. And this kid's still up there talking trash. It just, I don't know. It was not a classy look. Well, and it began in, you know, the fourth quarter, which, hey, look, the, the, the call on Brian Thomas was maybe completely bogus. I mean, he, it looked like he had a foot out of bounds. Okay, we get it. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, really? 
littering the field with with beer cans? Is that is that really? I mean, what what is this about Lane Kiffin and crap getting thrown on the field? I'm telling man? you, I mean, he, he's always there. Mustard. I, I'm, uh, I am cans. really I disappointed. Mean, there was no mustard. <laughs> no, no mustard in this one. But you know, really, like, yeah, I mean, we've watched a lot of college football, Jordan. I mean, you know, hundreds and hundreds of games. And I mean, how often do we see fans throwing crap on the field because they're upset? It just seems like a, I'm sorry, but just a a whiny you know, woe is me type move that you, know, you just don't do. I mean, it's, it's just classless. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like other SEC fans and venues are not extremely hostile. I'm not, you know, I mean, right. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, but at least we don't see a public display of idiocy after the game. And look, let's not even, let's not even talk about the fact that this was not a rush the field type win in my opinion i mean you know i go back to that no. thing like why i mean unless she was 13 field? they've already got a they've already got a loss on their on their yeah. slate yeah 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 I, but i mean you know we i don't want to get into like, you're trying to take me back drew you want you want me to do old man yelling <laughs> at clouds i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna say i don't uh, like rushing the field i it's yeah. it's such a dangerous thing and you know you and i talked about earlier i did go back and look it was actually wide receiver chris hilton jr they got hurt on that final throw to the end zone for LSU. So there were LSU players trying to help him up off the field and he's got his arms wrapped around him and you got fans running through them at the same time. I mean, that's just, that, that is not, not a good situation to have to deal with. No, it, it's not. And I mean, it's just incredibly, incredibly dangerous, but you know, what was me? I mean, we go back to the game. I mean, both defenses are absolutely atrocious. Um, good for Ole Miss. I would say this is Lane's, you know, one of his signature wins, I would say LSU, we can pretty much, pretty well say that they're probably at this point not a playoff contender with that defense uh, that they've got. And so we'll see where both teams go from this point. But, uh, you know, I don't – I'll say this. I don't think either team is done losing yet. Um, and so the West is yet again completely, you know, a, a two, three, four team race still. At this point, so we'll we'll yeah. see we'll see how it shakes out. Well, and, and and right now, Ole Miss is obviously at the top, along with A and M and Alabama. And Alabama had no problem on Saturday. They they drew Mississippi State and forty to seventeen. Jalen Milrow did more than enough, and they they rolled through Mississippi State. But I mean, Drew, I'm going to do it again with Mississippi State. Look at the completion percentage. Jalen Milrow was mm. ten of twelve. Mm. I mean, that's like. We talked about Jane Daniels. I still remember the numbers. It was 30 of 34. Rattler was 18 of 20. Milrose, 10 of 12. That is that is combined eight incompletions over the last three games from the starting quarterbacks yeah. against Mississippi State. That's um, yeah. that's I, I don't know that I've ever seen that before, but that's bad. I yeah, I don't want to bag on Mississippi State because I think enough has been said nationally. But sure, uh, Miss fans are not happy to hear that. Yeah, I know exactly. Like, yeah, you just railed on our fans for the last ten minutes. Why don't we hear some uh, Mississippi State trash talk? Yeah, I know. I think the hard part is Mississippi State. You know, you look at them and you're like, what? What is the future? I mean, like, you know, what is happening now? What is working? Or not? Sorry, what is not working now? Um, it, it, it's ugly. It's not going to work. Yep. You've got to try something different. I mean, Will Rogers won three interceptions. Really? I mean. Yep. We got to go back 27 to, for 107 yards. 
Yeah. Horrible. And this this defense is horrible. I mean, it's just well, it's hard. And that's to watch. the that's the scary thing, Drew, is you know, to some degree you're like, oh well, they had a they had a big regime change, everything. Yeah, but they promoted Zach Arnett. I mean, they their yeah. defensive coordinators, the head coach. It's not like you brought in someone new. Like this was already his defense. Yeah. Why has it regressed so much yeah. in one year? And I go back to just like I do with Sam Pittman. This is your expertise. At the very least, this unit should be solid. And this unit is arguably the worst part of your team. And, you know, they had guys come back, Jordan. They had guys that, that stayed in Starkville. And they are just absolutely terrible at this point. And so, I mean, I have no clue what Zach Arnett's buyout is. I'm sure it's not much. But he is squarely, firmly, could possibly be a one-year one-out type guy because, I mean, they're not going to put up with this. I mean, look, Mississippi State, you know, let's say what we can about them or what we will about them, but we talked about early in the season. They're an 8-9-10 win season almost every other year. I mean, they've yep. been good. They've been good. This this is not going to be acceptable missing a bowl going 4-8 four, four and eight or whatever they do. Um, it's bad, you know. But, hey, here we go. Let's talk about the good. Uh, Alabama, hey, Paul Paul Saban, he came he came out on Saturday night, Jordan. He got, <laughs> he, got he got fired up. Now he he was he was a little bit late. This game was late, so I mean it was probably about nine o'clock. He was getting a little grumpy out there. He was he's probably well, tired. Yeah. He's usually in you bed, know? but uh, he he got he got not that not that you off. could say anything, Drew. You're probably in bed around the same time too. Uh, so. No doubt, no doubt. Not even gonna fight that. But you know, here's the deal. On a serious note, did it not feel like that's what this freaking team needed? Like they needed him to to light a fire under them and say, get your heads out of your tails and get out there and crush these guys. And, man, after he did that, they were, it was ball game. I mean, they they went to town yep. on Mississippi State at that point. And so I just think it was a spark they needed. And it was good to see Saban get a little fired up. It was good to see. Well, him. all right, Drew, I'm going to have to call you out on this one. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. You, you talk trash on my big three bets, but, you know, one of the big three bets I steered clear of last week was the Georgia minus 14 and a half against Auburn. Mm. That was mm. one I was like, eh, I could see it. I, I predicted 23, 13 type of game. <laughs> now you on the other hand were like, no, I take that all day. That's easy money. Where's that easy money now, Drew? <laughs> yeah. I mean, biggest surprise of the week for me. Biggest surprise of the week. I, I couldn't believe this, honestly. And I mean, here's How, what's crazy, George. Here, here's I mean, what I want you to tell me first. Yeah. Okay. How much of it is, Auburn was better than you thought, and how much of it was, oh, my God, Georgia might not be very good? Well, I just think we keep coming back down to, you know, Georgia keeps playing down to the competition. But I, I do think Auburn's defense is legit. They're yep. very, very good. Um, I'm not going to take away from them there. I was happy to see Georgia win in the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, I mean, Georgia is not, you know, they're, they're not for real. We may find that out this week. But, uh, you know, when you got Peyton Thorne thrown for 82 yards, guys, I could really <laughs> say that uh, with a straight face. I mean, he rushed. I love it, eight. though. I, 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 I think the Peyton Thorne offense is exactly <sighs> what Arkansas should be using with, with KJ. Like, a run first quarterback and then use the pass to to threaten. I mean, you yeah. need to be – Yeah, I mean, that's that's what Auburn has to run. And that's, that's not the Hugh Freeze offense. Credit sure. Hugh Freeze for installing the offense that fits his personnel currently. I that's agree. the offense that Peyton Thorne can run. If they, if Auburn can play like they did against Georgia and play their offense that way, 
this is going to be a much better team than we thought early on. Well, it will, and not just that, but you can see, like, give Hugh two or three years, get his guys in. Oh, for we're sure. Gonna be, we're going to be talking about a totally different program uh, going forward. But, yeah, I, I was impressed. If you're an Auburn fan, listen to this, you've got to be fired up. I mean, you just went toe-to-toe with the number one team in America for the entire game. You were beating them going into, what, the mid, middle of the fourth quarter? I mean, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I they, mean had seriously. they had I mean, and again, we keep talking about Georgia. They were down 14-3 to South Carolina at half, and we – Yeah. You know, South Carolina doesn't look very good right now. So, I think a big part of it is Georgia might not be – I mean, they probably shouldn't be the number one team, but I don't know who's really going to take it from them at this point. Um, yeah, it's 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 a weird year, Drew. Hey, do you think uh, do you think Taylor Swift's going to – Oh my God! Do not for for Brock Bowers. Do you, do you think maybe maybe I don't she'll start care. With Brock Bowers next. I don't know, man. You think so? I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see, man. I that's what I watch the games for to see where she shows up. So we'll we'll see where she shows up <laughs> next. We'll see. We'll Drew's see. here for our pop news. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, I do have a crazy. I have a crazy stat not to get us off off of a topic here, but I thought this was interesting. Yeah, I don't want to get off of Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> the better, the better, the better high school recruiter of a, as a coach went forty six and eight on Saturday. I don't, what does that mean? It means the better of the coaches, the one that is basically has proven to have better classes year in okay. and year out, went forty six and eight on Saturday. So the better high school recruiter, not portal recruiter, but high school recruiter uh, from a you know, class ranking standpoint went forty six and eight on on Saturday. I don't know what that says, but I, uh, recruiting you know, matters. I think we knew that recruiting matters. I mean, it does. But I, I mean, can it, I can tell you that Ole Miss LSU game was one of the eight. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. So interesting. I don't know. I, I thought that was intriguing. Sometimes we don't we don't uh, see the big the big disparity in those numbers, but that that pretty much paints the, uh, the Jimmys and the Joes, Jordan. Yeah, Jimmys well, and the Joes. All right, Drew. You know what I find intriguing. West Virginia, they are oh, four man. and one, two and zero in the Big Twelve. They knock off TCU twenty four twenty one, and they do it in Fort Worth. All right, yeah. You drew. You had West Virginia dead last in the Big Twelve to start the Don't season. Put that you had on them me. At Fourteen. Don't put that I, on me. Hey, that's yeah. on our graphic. People can look that <laughs> up, and they should. Neil, um, I'm sorry, Neil. <laughs> sorry. Trust me, I didn't have them very high either. I had them somewhere like eleven or something like that. Um, are are they are they good? I, I don't I don't even know, Drew. They're right. scrappy. They they keep finding ways to win. You know, I was glad they gave the ball to Garrett Green again. He deserved it. Um honestly, Jordan, I, I'm I'm extremely happy for West Virginia. I am. Um I, something about me just likes that program, but I think it says more about TCU, to be honest with you. I think TCU I mean, they already lost to Colorado, so yeah, I, I mean, I think TCU is just not very good uh, deep down. I think they've got you know issues here after this after their their big year last year, and so. But hey, I, we're not gonna let that take away from West Virginia. Heck of a win, four and one again, just like BYU. Hey, they're four and one. I mean, who cares? I mean, good yeah. for them. Winning, and winning, playing well. Yes, it is. It well, is. And, and not only that, Drew, but their only loss is to number six Penn State. And it was a game they were competitive in for most of it. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we maybe we just flat out underestimated the Mountaineers. Well, I mean, are you impressed that they're playing this hard for Neil Brown? 
I mean, you have to be. They're playing for you his job. Right. I you mean, know, you everyone, at, everyone thought he was on the hot seat. Yeah. And you look at train wrecks like in Stillwater and places like that where, I mean, guys have quit, allegedly. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, you know, we got Neil – you know, let's get let's get the hats off here. I mean, in in uh, Morgantown, I mean they're they're doing something right. These guys are battling, and so yep. Let's see let's see where they can take it. I know speaking we got a lot of, of West Virginia listeners on this podcast, right. so we're, we're we're speaking to you now. We're speaking to you now. Speaking of battling, uh, how'd you feel about the way Arkansas battled against <laughs> Texas A and M this weekend? You know, I thought we were going to skip this game this week. I thought, <laughs> uh, I thought there's <laughs> I thought we were going to not. Well, here you go. Hey, uh, you know, hey. here you go. How, I want to give this let, this Drew. This let me session. let me go ahead and hit you with something real quick okay, before you get okay. into it. Be nice, be nice. Tech, uh, I, this, I'm going after Texas A&M here. Okay. The Aggies threw a pick six, fumbled the ball away twice, and missed two field goals. They had to have <laughs> lost the game, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Only only a team like Arkansas uh, can figure out a way to screw that. I mean, look, Arkansas. This is hard to do, Jordan. Arkansas is in the bottom 25 out of Power 5 teams in both offense and defense scoring efficiency. Woof. That's 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 horrible. I mean, and you yeah. know what? Their company is Oklahoma State, uh, <laughs> South, South Carolina, Indiana, teams like that. I mean, just unacceptable, Jordan. I mean, there's so many things that I could say, but I sound like a broken record week by week. You know, amazingly, this team, the flags got cleaned up. But, you know, yeah. the O-line is, has, still has major issues. Arguably, um, K.J. continues to look completely uncomfortable uh, in this offense. His progressions are slow, which is what I told you, which is why he's getting sacked. I mean, dude, there he's were seven the sacks. He's running the wrong offense. You know he's, he's running, running the wrong offense. Run, seven, seven sacks, I think uh, 13 tackles for loss. I mean, now let's, let's go to the flip side, though, Jordan. You, you would be hard-pressed right now to find a team – that is overall more rounded right now than Texas A&M in the, in the SEC. Yeah. I mean, tell me who. Tell me who it is. Well, so the, the thing that makes A&M really good is, and, and this is where they just butchered the hogs, is in the trenches. I mean, their defensive line yep. had a field day with Arkansas's offensive line, which, you know, in hindsight, probably should have seen coming. They've got a great D-line, and Arkansas's offensive line has been terrible. Um, I think one of the key stats, Drew, again, we're talking about KJ and what a mobile quarterback he is and how he should be used. He had 18 carries for negative three yards in that game. Yeah. That's um, less than ideal. And he was only nine of 17 passing. So it was just a whole bunch of nothing on offense for the Hogs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, interesting game. And, you know, Max Johnson, I think this is about Max Johnson's ceiling. He sure. can be a very solid quarterback, and he was on Saturday. Um, he does not have Connor Wegman's uh, ability. Just he, he just doesn't. But there's enough pieces around him, especially if Le'Veon Moss is going to play like he did. Plenty of options at receiver that the that the Aggies can be just fine with Max Johnson. Yeah, no doubt. I I, I totally agree. I mean, he played well. Bobby Petrino's dialing up plenty of them. I'm sure he got a good smile out of that on Saturday. But uh, you know, oh, for I mean, sure. he, he he's dialing it up, and they got plenty of great skill position guys. Defense is scary. I just kept asking myself after this game. And by the way, at one point at the end of the third quarter, we had thrown one pass since the first quarter with KJ. 
I mean, literally, I can't even make this kind of stuff up. I mean, his yeah. stat line was embarrassing. I mean, we're not running the offense um, as we should be. But And you and I kind of disagree on this, I think. But, honestly, <clears throat> Arkansas's defense, it looks bad. But when you have to get back on the field so quick because it's three and out, three and out by the offense, these guys can't get a breather. And, honestly, they've, they've held up decently all year. They just can't get a freaking break from their offense. And I, I was thinking to myself today driving, I was thinking, you know, what, you know, as an Arkansas fan, what, how do you, how do you find silver linings here? And the only thing I can look at is say, you got two tough games coming up, but then the schedule eases up substantially and you can beat every team on the schedule after that, but will you? And so, you know, I think it's tough, man. I think we've got a coach that can he adapt? Can he make adjustments? Um, it's it's a really pivotal time, but I want to give the credit to A and M because, you know, A and M is two and zero in the SEC for I think the first time since like 2017. Hats off to them. Um, they just interchange quarterbacks as things rolling, and uh, there's some impressive things going on. And you know, huge game this weekend, but they are the most well-rounded team in the SEC at, at this point, uh, in my opinion. Yep. All right, Drew. Before you go too deep on on somebody being impressive in the SEC, we got to talk about those Kentucky Wildcats. I told you, I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all. Yeah, and then you and then you backed off of it last week. No, and, and no, no. Florida to beat them. Yeah, yeah, I don't put that. No, I, I, this, I called these guys. This and, was yeah. not even a contest, though. Drew, thirty-three, fourteen. Ray Davis, twenty-six carries for two hundred and eighty yards. Yeah. My gosh, the Florida run defense must just be doing up downs nonstop in practice. That is that is awful. Heisman um, Heisman campaign, bro. Ray, I'm telling you, that big dog. I mean, you know, and they don't it's a shame need... he's not at Vanderbilt anymore. Yeah, I mean, they don't even need Devin Leary to be that good. Yeah, I That's mean, good, when, when he, a guy he was not. Like that. Yeah, no, you know what though? Um, yeah, I did read a stat about Devin Leary today that from a a wide receiver drop rate. Uh, Devin Leary's passes over like 150 passes are like the most in the nation. So I don't know if his wideouts are doing him a whole lot of credit either. Uh, but no. they don't. They don't need him to be great. They may need him to be great this week, obviously. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but and we'll get into that. But I mean, he threw for 69 yards, Drew. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty, it's not good. Not great. Not great. So not great. I don't know. Um, Flip side, you know, though. I, I think I think you and I jumped on the Florida bandwagon a little too quick off that Tennessee win, which is a great win. But they uh, uh, again, Florida looked bad the next week against Charlotte, and we really didn't ding them for it, and we probably should have. Yeah. So I mean, here Florida, we are. Florida should never get beat this bad in an SEC game. Too much talent. Uh, too too rich of tradition, and now Kentucky has beat them three years in a row, which is painful because this yeah. is a big game for both teams. Um, so it, it's honestly uh, Billy Napier kind of got a he kind of got a pass after the Tennessee game. I feel like you know we were all like, okay, now we can breathe, and here's Florida, here they come, and uh, I feel like we're right back to where we were, where it's like, no, they just got physically beat to death in this game, and. Uh, I mean, you know, I know Florida fans, man. They they've got to be they've got to be upset about this one because this is this is very kind of rare territory that they're in with a loss yep. like this. Drew, 
it's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with trivia time right now. Mm. Can you tell me it. who who is the record holder in the SEC for the most consecutive passes without an interception? Now, well, we know who that is. Mr. Mr. Hey, listen, this is the guy I've been hyping up since last year, man. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Brady Cook himself. Hey, come on down, big shot. Come on down. We all knew this oh. was going to happen. We all knew this was going to happen. We all 395 knew. and four touchdowns. That is Bandy, though. But Yeah, but he's been doing it all year, man. He's been doing I credit where credit is due. Uh, his current SEC rankings – 1,468 yards is fourth. Completion percentage, 74.5. That's second. Yards per completion, 10.4. That's fourth. 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Jordan, we could keep going on. This guy is playing like the best quarterback in the SEC, which I guess don't put any stock in that because last week I said Spencer yeah, Rattler right. was. Um, but I don't think worry, we'll get pro- there. He's throwing to the best wide receiver. Uh, doesn't hurt uh, in Luther Burden. But, man, these guys, yeah. they're rolling, Jordan. Well, so, you know, I guess now we, we need to talk about the Super Bowl, Drew, because Tennessee got their Super Bowl win over South Carolina. At least that's what Spencer <laughs> Rattler says. So, oh, petty, uh, petty, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you kick, kick this game off since uh, you're the one that was hyping up Spencer Rattler as the best quarterback in the SEC to me. Yeah, yeah, this made me embarrassed. He uh, is we- who I thought he was. Yeah, we we made we we were we were joking on Saturday. We made a lot of bad predictions on this pod. We're all human. We're all human. This was one of them. I mean, not only to be so bad, but to be petty in, in the outcome. I mean, it just kind of showed his true colors. But Jordan, we talked about it today. I mean, South Carolina has a two glorified former backup quarterbacks at running back and receiver. That that's not because they just have world beater type talent. That's because they have nobody else. I mean, Xavier Leggett. They shut him down Saturday night. That was it. The offense was done at that point. Um, so, yeah, South Carolina. And we're not seeing Nicholas Harbor at all. You, at all. You bring in a five-star freak show of an athlete and let him ride the bench? I, I don't get that. No. I, yeah, I don't either. I don't either, man. And it's South Carolina. I do not like where this thing is, is trending. But, you know, on the flip side, I mean, let's not sit here and act like Tennessee just looked – Unbelievable. Their defense played well. Uh, but in my opinion, Joe Milton still looked out of sync. It just, you know, and losing Brew McCoy to a, a gruesome yeah. injury Ugh. was brutal. Was brutal. That was and that's just that was, you know, Brew McCoy was kind of his safety, excuse me, his safety valve. And so I, I, I don't know, man. I'm still not quite on the uh, Tennessee hype train. I think it's more about South Carolina just being bad in this one. Um, you know, I don't know what you think, but that's, that's kind of how I feel. I'm, I'm going to say, can I have both? I mean, I I don't think Tennessee's a top 10 team, but where they are now, I mean, right around the top 20. Yeah, I, I think I think Tennessee's in that area. Um, I, I said before the season, I think South Carolina was going to be any good. I think Shane Beamer's got them on the right track, but they lost. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd's a huge loss. I expected the offensive line to struggle. They've been They've been worse than I expected. I mean, you talk about just this game. Rattler was sacked six times. They were two of fourteen on third down. It was it was ugly in every facet. So yeah, not to mention he gave up forty one points. So anyway, all right, Drew, we uh, we can officially move on to this upcoming week. Um, we'll start. We got a we got a Friday night game this week, Drew. We got K State Oklahoma State. 
this one, uh, spoiler alert, it's going to be my big three bets. But Wildcats, Pokes, Cowboys are at home. So who who are you taking in that one? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, well, the team <laughs> the, the team that has a quarterback. So I'll take yeah. that too. So yeah. okay, I will you also know. take K State. I, I I don't care if it's you out there playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah. Careful. Careful. Again. I'll get more than that. It's going to be one of my big three bets. So yeah, yeah. UCF Kansas, kind of an interesting game because I don't, I, I don't know if it's going to be Jalen Daniels. Or are we going to see more Jason Bean? I assume it's still Timmy McLean and no John Reese Plumley. Just a big quarterback carousel. I'm going to still take the Jayhawks in this one though. Yeah, um, it's a tough pick. Almost a pick 'em game. You know, like yep. two, two two point line. Um, but that it's at Kansas, and you know, you know how rowdy those seventeen yeah. people can get. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking UCF in this one. Um, I think Ooh. they have about. I think they have to get that, that first game. win. I don't see, uh, you know, if Jaden Daniels, uh, yeah, sorry, Jaylen Daniels doesn't come back this week. Um, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm seeing this as a letdown game. Maybe after that Texas game. So give me, give me UCF, and I, I do think the line is probably pretty accurate. So we'll we'll see how well, it shakes out. But give me UCF. That, that next line is even more accurate. Texas Tech at Baylor. Mm. It is a pick 'em game. That line is even. Which way? Uh, which side of the fence are you on? Hey, give me Baylor, baby. I'm on the the, the shape and train, man. You know, do it for our buddy. Our buddy's down in Waco. Uh, I think this is the spark they needed, and uh, I, I like I like the game time, seven o'clock. Should be a nice little environment. So give me uh, give me Baylor again. Texas Tech just—they haven't proven enough to me yet. I just that Baylor, that Baylor win was nice. So let's let's keep rolling. I agree. I uh, I think Shapen being back, Baron Morton doesn't scare me. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Bears in this one. So especially being at home at night, totally agree. All right, wrap up the Big Twelve. TCU, Iowa State, both teams really need this win, Drew. But who gets it? Hmm. Oh man. Um. You know, I, I always like Ames. Um, again, nice environment. I, I, something about me, kind of like West Virginia, I like the way that Iowa State is battling to an extent at this point. And so, I, I just – TCU to me has not been impressive at all. Chandler Morris has not been impressive to me. Nothing exciting. Give me Iowa State in kind of, sort of an upset, I guess, um, at home uh, to kind of pull off a little bit of a, uh, a shocker. All right, I like it. I uh, I like it so much. I'm I'm going to join you. I, I really was impressed with what I saw to Rocco Beck. I think I think Iowa State's starting to trend the right way. I'll, I'll I'll take the Cyclones in that one as well. So let's move over to the SEC. We got the big matchup that Mississippi State might actually get a win this week, Drew. They are playing Western Michigan. Um, I'm, we're not going to pick that game because that's a three touchdown <laughs> spread, but. We will pick the big matchup of Tigers, LSU, Missouri, ranked game in Columbia. Who are you taking? Tough. Hey, by the way, can Mississippi State, can they score three touchdowns? Wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, we, I apologize to our people from Starkville. That hurts. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, LSU, Mizzou, just the game we thought it would be. Um, yeah, man, this is, this is a big one. I, again, I hate that it's at freaking eleven. Um, although I do like the way the games are staggered this week, so it's good. Um, man, that LSU, that LSU secondary is bad, Jordan. And you know who's not bad? 
right now. Brady Cook and Luther yeah. Burden and Theo Weiss played good last week too. Um, man, I you Do know it. my 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 disdain for Missouri has been heavy. Man, let's let's give them the dub at home. Uh, LSU down game, a little bit deflated after this tough one in Oxford. So give me give me Mizzou. Keep rolling. Give me Mizzou. You know LSU has been up and down all season. You know, they'll play a great game, they'll play a dud. Play a good game, play a dud. Not this time. This this is going to be one of their good ones, Drew. They are going to go in, and they're going to win handily. Um, they're just going to out-athlete Missouri. They've got too many more athletes in too many positions. And I think Brady Cook's going to have a down game. Um, throw for – I think they hold him under 220 yards, Drew. That's, that's, that's my bold prediction. They're going to they're gonna shut him down. And LSU wins this one handily. I can see it. I can see it. All right. Uh, before we get into the bigger ones, we'll we'll start with Vanderbilt, Florida. I, I think this is obviously a must-win for Florida. You cannot afford to to drop a game at home to Vanderbilt. You got to get your season back on the right track, and I think they they should do this one pretty easily. Well, they lost to him last year. They can't lose to him two years in a row. Yeah, um, you don't. Gonna you, you can overlook them one year. You're not going to overlook them the next. No, I, I would venture to say if, if if Napier loses this game, he, he may not make it to the season. So um, I, you know, it, this is going to be an ugly game. But give us give us Florida to win it in uh, unimpressive fashion. All right, Arkansas at Ole Miss. Hogs need a need a win to get their season back on track. Ole Miss. They win. They're gonna be five and one. They're gonna be looking very good down the stretch. Who do you have? You know, I just think you got to get back to the basics on this one. Um, now, this game has always carried wild implications, overtime games. Um, seems like things always get wacky when these two teams meet. Um, but you know, I just come back down to the fundamentals and who's playing better. And Ole Miss is playing really well right now. Lots of firepower, and uh, Arkansas's just doesn't have any answers. And if they can't score, they can't win. And so unless Arkansas does something totally different, they're not going to win this game. It's going to be close. But uh, as an Arkansas fan, Ole Miss will drive a dagger in me again. But I've got to be realistic on this pod. Ole Miss wins. Okay. Well, I'll be I'll be the ray of sunshine for you. I think Arkansas does do something different. I think the A&M game will come up that they're like, okay, we have to adjust. Um, and it has to be a big adjustment. I think they do. And I think, again, this is an 11-point spread. I think Arkansas keeps it within that. They still lose, but, you know, Ole Miss is going to have a little bit of a hangover after the big LSU win. So, I think – Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Yeah. I, mean, I love how you, you set us up to win and then <laughs> – <you're laughs> <a loser. laughs> You're still going to lose. But I do think Thanks. it's a close – I think it's a close game. I think it's moral victory. under less than 11. Yeah, he's going to get that moral victory. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking the Rebels. I'm sorry, Drew. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. okay, another big game. Alabama, A&M, A&M still somehow unranked. Um, yeah, I, I think that could be a really good game. That line was higher. It's dropped down to Alabama's favor by two and a half at this point. Low, low over under. That's only 48 and a half. Who do you have in this one, Drew? You know, you just kind of feel like little things like, I, I don't know, you know, the, the efficiency of the quarterbacks will come into play here. Max Johnson. Um, Jalen Milrow, I, I trust Max Johnson a little bit more right now, to be honest with you. Um, but, man, I, I'm not bad to get to Alabama right now. I picked him in the beginning. 
to win the SEC. They're in position to do that still. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to go down to College Station and make this happen, which is going to be really tough. Yeah. But uh, I think we see Alabama solidify themselves uh, on Saturday. Well, death, taxes, and the tide always rolls until it rolls into, into College Station on Saturday. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, which is probably the kiss of death for the Aggies because I've not been, not been good at picking them to win. They usually lose when I do. I've got Texas A&M winning this one. I think, I think it's a good matchup for the Aggies. Their pass defense has been a little suspect. Their run defense has been great. I mean, their, their defensive line is phenomenal. Um, and again, Alabama's not exactly hitting guys with a whole lot of passing and deep shots. It's all about the quarterback run game. It's all about Jace McClellan. Um, you know, it's, it's heavily based on the run and then being able to just pound the ball at you. Well, that's going to play right into A&M's hands. And if you can't beat them over the top, you're going to have a lot of trouble with that defense. So I'm going to take the Aggies with the upset win. Again, close game, three points game, something like that. But I think A&M wins it. All right. Game of the week in the SEC, Drew. Battle of undefeateds, Kentucky, Georgia. Who you got? Hey, just like Alabama. I'm rolling with who I picked. Uh, Kentucky uh, second in the East. But I have not seen enough from Georgia to make me think that they're just going to come out and dominate this game. The one thing that gives me reservation is that Kentucky is one-dimensional right now. And you've got to know that Georgia is going to try and probably be successful at shutting down Ray Davis. Uh, so it's going to come down to probably Devin Leary making plays in this game. Um, man, Athens is tough to play, especially at 6 o'clock. Um, but you know what? Give me those Wildcats. Wow. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm in an upset mood this week. Give me that the Wildcats. Man, on Biggest the road. Biggest win of Mark Stoops' career. Give it to us. Let's go. Devin Leary coming out party. The boys, the boys Man. are here. I want to roll with you, and I thought about doing it, but I can't. Devin Leary has not shown me enough. And, if you, again, if you're one-dimensional against Georgia, that defense is already tough enough to play against. If, uh, if Devin Leary was what we thought he was going to be, 100%. I'd be with you. I'd pick Kentucky because I don't think Georgia should be the number one team right now. And I'm not saying Kentucky can't win this game, but yeah, I got the dogs, and I think they—I even think they do it by double digits. So Your wife will be happy. Your wife will. will yeah. Thank you. So, Go dogs. Job. Go dogs. All right, wrap it up real quick with our uh, big three bets of the week. Like I said, that K-State Oklahoma State game—that is one of them. Oklahoma State is a team ready to roll over and die. K-State is going to help them, so take the Wildcats minus twelve in that one. Um. LSU minus six and a half at Missouri will be one of my other ones. I, uh, I, I think LSU is going to bounce back with a strong game from pretty much everybody, defense, quarterback. Um, I think Mizzou gets exposed a little bit against, a, against an elite team. And then the final one, and this one's, this one's tough, Drew. I thought about Kansas, but without knowing about Jalen Daniels, I had to throw that one out. I actually kind of like Baylor with that, uh, with that pick'em game against Texas Tech, but – I'm going to roll with your pick to some degree and take Kentucky plus the 15 points that you get. So I think they can keep it within two touchdowns. Georgia hasn't done enough on offense to, to scare me away from that. So go cats. 
uh, go cats and go tigers. There you go. All right, Drew. There you go. Well, other than that, we'll wrap things up and uh, enjoy the enjoy the week this week. Let's find out who the real contenders are, Drew. That's right. Big weekend, big weekend separation Saturday, and uh, let's 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 cheer for those upsets, man. Let's let's see parity in true form this weekend. Go follow us at Southern underscore Blitz. Listen in. Tell a friend. We will see you next week.